Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And with me today, I have my very wonderful, awesome, great, cool guy guest, uh, Travis Menard. You know, you know when, you, when you add that many superlatives, like, it's <laughs> like, how genuine is it really? You know right. what? I, what I'm proud of is that you use superlatives. I, I wasn't confident when I said it, but I think I used the right context. Early, earlier today, uh, somebody said perpetuity, and I was like, you know, that's that's great. Congratulations to you and your awarded A calendar. And cupidity, I learned in Toastmasters. Oh. And that means, like, eager, greedy. Okay. So, but, yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me <laughs> back again. Uh, welcome, Travis. Uh, yeah, so, uh, of course, Travis is my co-host over on Apathetic Enthusiasm. That I am. Um, and so available every Tuesday. So you exactly, so you know exactly where to find me. Yeah. Is basically exactly. it. So you can force me into it. It's, it's one of those things where you're like, Hey, I got to record an episode. Come over. Hey dude, I have a gap in my episodes. Come on over and, and record. Quick, this watch this episode of the twilight. Zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And so let, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, today's episode is episode nine perchance to dream originally aired November 27th, 1959. And it stars Suzanne Lloyd as uh, Maya the Cat Girl. Yes, the cat. Is it Cat Girl? Yeah. Yes, Maya okay. the Cat Girl. Uh, a Richard Conti and uh, John Larch, who's also in in the famous episode "It's a Good Life," and Dust. But it's a good life mostly. M- mostly, it's a good life. Mostly, it's a good life. Yeah. Perchance. That, that's what I say to to Chelsea when <laughs> she's on the episode. Uh, it's mostly a good life. Um. And uh, so this episode I want to throw out there was written by Charles Beaumont, one of the first of 22 episodes you wrote for the Twilight Zone. Wow. Um, that's a good run. So so that, that's pretty awesome. Charles Beaumont is, is great. And uh, directed by Robert Flory. Also, he was going to direct Frankenstein, but he never got into it. Hmm, okay. Um, so that'll get into trivia a little bit later. Okay. Cool. Uh, but uh, so that, that's, that's that. That's the introduction. But let's, let's get straight. Let's jump in. Let, let's just flow through it. Maybe we're speeding through this, but let's get into the, the synopsis. Let's do it. Shall we? I'm excited. All right. So here, here's what this episode's about. So Richard Conti is Edward Hall, mm-hmm. and he walks, He goes into a psychiatrist's office, and he tells the psychiatrist, I'm, I have a heart condition, and I've been having these episodic nightmares. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's weird because the, the show kind of builds towards that, and it's you almost not until like the second half of the show does he really get into the nightmares portion of it. Uh, it starts with him really just uh, being super tired and you don't even know why he's tired. And then you find out that uh, it's cause he's not sleeping. hasn't slept in like four days. Uh, initially the psychiatrist thinks, Oh, is this because you can't sleep? He's like, no, I, I, I won't let myself go to sleep. And, and, and he gets into it a little bit more. And, and he talks about his childhood real briefly. He talks about he his mother told him, if you stare at something long enough, it'll start moving. Yeah, and it, so, he, so he focuses on, on a... On a he t- he's telling the story about picturing uh, and staring intently at a, a sailboat. And then eventually the sailboat starts to move. So his imagination starts running away with him. But... Every time he looked at that picture, he would see it move again. Yeah, he and, and, and this sort of got into him developing an almost overactive imagination where he, he almost couldn't control how realistic these visions were for him. And, uh, and, and, and there would be a blurred line for him where he would know consciously that uh, these visions weren't real, but he still had an emotional 
uh, reaction to them. Yes. So so he uses a, a description of um, a woman that was killed by someone that's hiding in the back of her car, and then he he has this there, vision. There's of, a, there's a there's a scene where he's driving in the car and he's he's telling the doctor this flashback. Right. Um, and then he he sees something in the mirror gets get, gets into an accident. Yeah. Um, he also mentions at the very beginning at the outset that a doctor told him that he developed a rheumatic heart and so he couldn't get too excited otherwise he might die indeed all right so then so then this leads us to the description of this these episodic dreams right uh he he basically says that when he was a child uh his dreams followed a sequence almost like tv episodes or something where uh when he would wake up like twilight zone episodes uh well, almost not like Twilight Zone episodes because every Twilight <laughs> well, Zone episode is an anthology, right? Right, that's different. But so this for is more him, like the, the Spider-Man comic strip from like the the Saturday morning paper, where it was like just three panels. And it was like, <laughs> "Hello, Mary Jane, I'm Spider-Man." Next panel is like, "Hey, Spider-Man." Did and you, then, did you hear that noise? Tune, tune in, in next week. <laughs> um, yeah. So every time he would fall asleep, his dreams would kind of pick up right where the last one left off. He references that he kept like a dream journal as a child, which a little weird not gonna get into it um but yeah so uh, recently he started having these dreams in which he's at a carnival yes uh, he goes he goes into a, a a barker's tent and he sees uh uh a a barker and he's he introduces maya that the cat girl cat woman mm-hmm. um not having to do with cat, halle berry no not at all uh michelle pfeiffer more like she th- this this woman uh played by Suzanne Lloyd again. Um, she's very, very pretty, and she's a, l- uh, a little eccentric with the eye makeup. Yeah, I'll say that. And she's got you know leotard, and she's she's dancing provocatively, and which immediately made me think like, what were carnivals like back in the fifties? Because <laughs> well, this is this is a dream. not at all like this, carnivals. This is a dream. I go to. Um, not even the carnivals I dream about. So so I want I want to point out that. Um, that Mr. Hall is telling the psychiatrist all this information yeah. as he's laying on, um, as he's like pacing around the, the office. Right. right. Exactly. Um, so he's telling, he's telling the psychiatrist about this dream, going to this carnival, seeing Maya and her interacting with him. And he, he says like, I was strangely, I was attracted to her, but I knew I needed to stay away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in this first scene, uh, she's, she's dancing and then, then he leaves right yeah. mm-hmm. um and then she comes she comes back she's dressed differently and she says why'd you run away um and she convinces him to go with him to a house of horrors yeah um they go into the house of horrors and he realizes uh there's a bunch of scary stuff and he realizes oh god uh this is making me too excited for my heart my heart i'm gonna have a heart attack uh, and he wakes up um and then he has so he's telling the psychiatrist he wakes up but the next night when he went back to sleep, the dream started again. Yep. And she convinced him to go on to a roller coaster, even though he said, no, 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 I don't want to go on a roller coaster. Even though clearly stated on the sign, mm-hmm. individuals with heart conditions <laughs> and expectant mothers should not ride. And and she says, I know it's a dream, but it, that's that's all it is, is a dream. Yeah. She, she talks about, like, you can do all the things that you never could do, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting point, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get onto a roller coaster, and his his heart is is beating, and it's it's going. He is crazy. stressed 
out yeah. on this roller coaster. He's like grabbing the whole car. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, he, he is not having a good time. He's not happy. And at kind of the, the climax of that scene, she says, jump, Edward, jump. Yeah, she's just straight up cray. And like she's she's like laughing maniacally yeah. and she just it like almost seems to be enjoying his discomfort. Right. And it's it's really. But she's bizarre. very pretty. So, I you know, I don't blame him for sticking around. <laughs> it happens. Uh, Chelsea's crazy, too. And that's, that's, <laughs> why, still, that's why you keep inviting me over. She laughs at me uh, maniacally. <laughs> um, so so he wakes up from that dream and that's where we go back to the psychiatrist's office. Yeah, and again, he's he's describing these dreams to the psychiatrist. He does not actually fall asleep and experience this dream in the psych. He's explaining exactly having these dreams. Too. Uh, so he so he says to the psychiatrist, "Look, you you can't help you can't help me with this. I've been up for eighty seven hours or whatever. Uh, I, there's nothing you can do." So he walks out of the psychiatrist's office and he sees the receptionist. And guess who the receptionist is? Travis, tell me who the receptionist is. It's Maya. It's Maya the cat girl. Yeah. Only she has better eye makeup. Exactly. Yeah. She's still pretty. Sure. <laughs> uh, so so he, he goes back in the psychiatrist's office, slams the door. He, he freaks out and he runs and jumps out of the window. Or his stunt double does. It's not extremely convincing. <laughs> Clearly a different person. <laughs> Granted. Um, and he goes, ah, and the camera pans down as, yep. he, as he falls. It cuts back to the psychiatrist. He's sitting in the chair. And he's kind of he's kind of thinking to himself. He goes. He stands up, goes to the door. He calls in Maya. We'll just mm-hmm. call her Maya. Yeah. And he says, um, "Her actually, her name is Miss Thomas. Actually, yeah. Miss Thomas, come in here." So she walks in, and he's like, "It's the strangest thing." He walked in. He laid down on the couch and he fell asleep, and he's dead. He was he wasn't here for more than a minute, and he's dead. And it the camera looks over. And sure enough, Edward Hall is laying on the couch that he laid in when he first got into the office at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So in that, really the entire episode is this guy's dream. Yeah. And in a minute. Mm-hmm. And he's dead. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting when he first enters the office and the psychiatrist tells him to lay down because he's tired. Yeah. Uh, he lays down for a moment and all of the scenery lighting mm-hmm. on the set. Um, it drops for a second and it gets really dark and then comes and then comes back up. Yeah. Uh, they don't make much of it. They don't, they don't really address it. Um, yeah, they, they don't, they don't address it, but, you but, know, it, but that, that's that moment where that like transition between the real world and the dream world apparently takes place. And in retrospect, you can see that, but as it happens, it, it, it it doesn't really seem like anything. Right. As it happens, it's it's kind of just like a, um, just kind of an effect, right? You're like, well, you don't think anything of it. It's just the, the shadows, the shadowing, like it gets darker on Edward Hall's face. You're like, okay, he's falling asleep. But then it gets bright again. Yeah. It's and almost so, like, did he fall asleep? Oh, no, he's awake. No, he, he's, he's awake, yeah. right? Um, and so, yeah, it's... I, I made the joke in my notes and I shouldn't have, but that was clearly foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I know it's bad. I know it's a bad joke, but you know, that, that is the, the clearest indication right there that what we see everything after that fact is, is a dream, Yeah, which is, um, when you stop and think about it is really trippy. And, and I think it's something that's ex- been explored in, 
uh, you know, Inception, right? Inception, I actually wrote down just the title Inception in my notes because uh, we realize that everything we're seeing, this interaction between him and the psychiatrist mm-hmm. is a dream. But then we also get the the next dream layers, if you will, where <laughs> yeah. he's describing a dream within that dream. And his description is picking up on aspects of the world around him and what he just experienced. So exactly. in this case, Maya, who is the the woman in his dreams, is the woman that he just saw in the in in the reception area. Uh, and he's and he's kind of just inserted her in in that moment. Uh, of dream or whatever so. right right uh, and then the layer bef- below that is uh the guy from rick and morty what's his name uh, the <laughs> Freddy Krueger guy. uh scary terry scary terry scary yeah. terry yeah um yeah i mean when he first walks into the office uh miss hill miss thomas's face is she's facing away from the camera so we don't actually see yeah, her she's face, got her right? back she's got her back to the the camera you never right. see her face and, and and he barely acknowledges her when when he walks in he kind of just walks straight in uh but she does say when she first walks when he first walks in um we've been expecting you I we've think. been expecting you mm-hmm. exactly right and then a little bit later in, when he's describing the dreams to the the doctor um, it's, it's when they're, when he's talking about them going into the fun house, yeah. when they're in there, she says the same line again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so that's another, that's another little hint that, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's dreaming, he's picking things up from the real world. Um, so it begs the question kind of, since we don't actually see her face at the beginning, um, is that, is that the actual girl that he saw? Right. Is that the actual girl he'd been having those bad dreams about? Or is it something within that dream that he's like, the last last woman I saw was this? So so I, I would take it almost a whole step beyond that, mm. where we have to call into question everything that is that is discussed in that psychiatry, that psychiatrist office, mm-hmm. because we know why he was tired based on what he told us within that dream state. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, really everything that happens in there, whether he's talking about the vision of the guy in the back of the car or the pictures moving, all of that existed within a dream. That's right. So we don't know realistically, maybe he just worked really long shifts at, at, (laughs) as a draftsman and, uh, and, and was having a hard time sleeping and, and that's why he was exhausted. But a a draftsman, uh, that's, that's his a, job. That's, that, a, that's what his job is. <laughs> I, I I pay attention. My my dad's a computer draftsman. So <laughs> all right, well, you know, is my dad going to drop out? Of it's the fifty. I'm going to call my dad. <laughs> I'm going to call my dad. Your dad right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I think I think elements of it were accurate, and probably he was perceiving that to be the real world. Yeah, uh, and maybe but, he did have this very intense imagination mm-hmm. that he oftentimes could not discern from from reality so when he falls into this dream state that looks just like the world that he was just in yeah maybe he can't differentiate whether or not he's dreaming or not or what's happening and then the rest of the uh the episode kind of plays out that way yeah i i I liked i like the point about really you know the unreliable narrator you know Mm -hmm. everything he tells us as you pointed out is subjective right we don't actually know if that is what this the story was maybe he lost his shoe on the subway and he's like i can't sleep about my lost shoe 
I don't know. We don't know. Um, we yeah. only know what, what he said in a dream. Um, I know you've, I'm sure you've had dreams where you wake up and you're like, I'm pretty sure I had a Lexus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I bought a Lexus yesterday and I, and I drove down the, the Santa Monica pier. It's usually like a few hours later. Like once you get to work yeah. and you're like, did I go to Tokyo yesterday? <laughs> no, no, that, that didn't really happen. Yeah. Like, like when you remember back to something that in fact was a dream, mm-hmm. but it, it almost got, it got compartmentalized so quickly that you, you almost, you like just took it as, as a memory Yeah. and you're like, okay, yeah, that's something that happened. Oh wait, no, that's something my brain made up while my body was <laughs> in a, in a suspended state. Yeah. Um, uh, th- so yeah, there, there's a, there's an aspect of this that's, that's kind of really disconcerting. You know, when I was a kid, I had a dream about Disneyland. I think I've told you about it. We're like, I, I had a dream that I went to Disneyland and it was so real. And I was like, ah, oh, and I woke up, I was like, I didn't go to Disneyland crap. But so when I went back to sleep when I was trying to go back to sleep, I, I pictured, I was, did my best. I was like, I knew it was a dream, but I want to go back to yeah. Disneyland. Um, this guy, Edward Hall, he didn't want to go back to that, that bad place. Yeah. And I, I think that goes into kind of this, this fear, right. Of dying in your sleep, sure. uh, having, being, being unable to control um, your dreams, right? Uh, I think Nightmare on Elm Street, they kind of yeah, explored that. There's there's a lot of really cool, like, dream aspects and, and weird, like, things that people experience in dreams mm-hmm. that plays into this. Uh, one of those is, like, reoccurring dreams. I had a reoccurring dream uh, throughout my childhood that I'm pretty sure involved Wizard of Oz characters. Uh, I don't remember it being a pleasant experience. Re- Return to Oz or Wizard of Wizard Oz? Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So, so not like the, I don't the like many to, heads. I don't want to. I don't want to acknowledge Return of Oz. Like, I mean, it's fine <laughs> for what it is, but let's let's not let's not get away from Froza, it. F- bulk, Froza bulk, what? Bulk? Uh, what, you, what bless you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, so I mean, have you had recurring dreams? Is that something that you've? I mean, uh, I know you tried to f- jumpstart your recurring dream. Uh, I, I tried. I, I pictured that it was <laughs> my dreams were in a. Well, I don't know if this this dates me, but I pictured my dreams were in a jukebox on vinyl. And so each dream I would, all I have to do is like press like a three. It's my imagination. And mm-hmm. a three would take me back to that Disneyland dream. And Did so it never work. It never worked. Oh, okay. It was a, it was a crappy jukebox. So, so, here, so that leads me <laughs> to my other question. Have you ever done any, uh, lucid dreaming? Because that's something that happens in, in this episode where I've, I've never, I've never done shrooms. Okay. Uh, I can't, I can't confirm. Si- side note. Uh, <laughs> In so in the his descriptions of the dream of the carnival, mm-hmm. uh, he talks about how like he's talking to Maya and he's saying, uh, "I know you're not real. I know you're a dream." You know, and she's like, oh. "I know that too." And it doesn't matter. Like we can still go do this stuff. Yeah, and that and that is an example of lucid dreaming where you are asleep, you are dreaming, but you are aware that you're dreaming. And oftentimes, when somebody realizes they're dreaming they freak out and wake up. Yeah. But if you can get past that and realize that you are dreaming, then you can start to play with it a little bit more and you realize, mm-hmm. okay, this is my imagination. And then people can kind of do different things. That's how people like go and fly in their dreams and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. um, I've never done it. I've, 
Never. I've wanted to do it. But I've, never, I've never done it yeah. either. Um, I, I think you know you t- the lucid dreaming, right? So in this episode, he's he's kind of lucid dreaming, based off the subjectivity, mm-hmm. right? But there's the added aspect of just not being able to control it. Like he knows, in which get which gets th- into the childhood thing. I think where he ha- he he realizes he has this overactive imagination, and he he can't shake it. So he's kind of grown accustomed to like, all right, I know this isn't real, but. I still can't like avoid it and it still affects him emotionally. So I well, think that kind of played into the whole thing as well. You, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm digging too deep into this, but like no, even <laughs> not possible. Don't, don't you, don't you We've barely begun to dig? <laughs> the surface isn't even scratched. <laughs> uh, but there's, I think there's a, a pertinent point mm-hmm. in them ending on the roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Because in many ways, a roller coaster, you're on the tracks. Once you once you get going, you're you're the up and downs, and you know exactly what's going on. You can see what's coming. Yeah. But there's nothing you can do once you're on the ride. Yeah. You 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 have to stay on it until the end. Ex- yeah, exactly. Unless you jump. Yeah. <laughs> per Maya's advice. Per Maya's advice. Uh, and so there, there's something like, um, you you can you can sense the anxiety within uh mr hall the in, the entire episode sure. and um so i think in some ways um the roller coaster of life if you want to get into that metaphor mm-hmm. uh, the anxiety yeah um i i think that's ever present in sure. in his character in uh throughout the episode yeah uh one one last thing i think uh it the fact that he he dies in the dream uh not in the, the second layer dream, but when he jumps out the window. Yeah. Um, and, and the asp- the idea of, you know, we had about a 30-minute episode. Uh, you know, most of that, we watched all these things take place, but then they come back later and say, oh, he's only in here for like a minute, and then he died. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've had it. I've had it where, like, your alarm clock goes off and you hit the snooze button. Yeah. And then you have like this long detailed (laughs) drawn out dream that seems to go on forever. And then your alarm goes off again. And then it's only been like eight, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. And you, and and all this and time you like experience time differently in that dream state. And and you're like, all right, snooze, give me another six hour. dream." Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's get into that. Uh, that made me think about this movie, um, waking life that I saw like 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole movie is, it's this weird movie. That's like they shot the movie and then animated over the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it's, like a scanner darkly. Yeah, it, exactly. Uh, Richard Linkletter, Linklater, Linklater, Linklater. I've always said, that uh, he, he's, he wrote and directed it. I think he also um, did days and confused. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, boyhood. Did he do boyhood? Maybe. Um, no. anyways, it sure. doesn't matter. Go ahead. Uh, but the whole movie is about dreams. So they talk a lot about lucid dreaming. They talk about, um, just this whole idea of like the two states of consciousness between your waking life and your uh, dream life. Uh, but they get into this idea of like the afterlife when you die. Right. Yeah. And how people will um, sometimes die and then like come and then be res- uh, resuscitated mm-hmm. and have this like really vivid like vision of the afterlife. But they talk about how like the moments before you die, like if you fall into a dream state, mm-hmm how how your perception of time could could in in those few seconds 
be so much longer because of that same aspect of like, all right, well, I fell asleep for, I hit the snooze button. <laughs> it was only five minutes, but it felt like three hours. You know, maybe you're perceiving this really long drawn out thing in only a few seconds time. Yeah. Uh, that just made me think of that. The movie's really trippy. If it's not on Netflix, but I recommend people go check it but out. You, but you have the DVD here. At, I have it. I, I'm going to make you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which I will. But yeah, it's just that idea of like him being so vivid in his dreams, even up to that moment right before he died. Uh, it's just, that's, that's kind of crazy to me. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, no, I, I agree, you know, and, um, in, in, even in the outro, right. Uh, in, in the outro, Serling says, you know, they say a dream can only takes a second or so. And yet in that second, a man can live a lifetime. Uh, he can suffer on the nose rod. He can suffer and die. And who's to say, which is the greater reality, the one we know or the one in dreams. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that gets right to it. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, there's another, it's, we, we tend to think that when somebody dies in their sleep, we're like, well, at least they went peacefully. Yeah. And that's exactly what these, uh, that's what the doctor says at yeah. the end. He says, well, at least he died peacefully and man not that, the case that is that is yeah, not the, he the was case at all. extremely uh he was a wreck yeah. yeah um let me switch switch uh switch gears a little bit i want to ask you uh before we get into the conclusion stuff what did you think of like not the well I, I'll, I'll actually start out there the so you have the office you have the psychiatrist's office and then you have the the, the dream state within the dream state right right yeah. what do you think of like um the i guess the design of that, right? Because um, yeah, I mean, they, I think they did a good job, especially for especially for the time period and the technology available. Mm-hmm. Um, they they it looks like they greased up the lens a little bit to kind of create those um, like fogged up sort of like yeah, around the, the edges. Exactly, so it, yeah. it's it's kind of fuzzy. Uh, everything where where everything in the uh, like normal world. Uh, it seems like in a well-lit um, modern office for the time. Yeah. Uh, in the dream, it's dark. They're they're in really like compressed, stylized like backdrops and things like that. Uh, things are skewed. Like mm-hmm. angles aren't exactly right. The they use really tight close-ups on on characters' faces and things like that. Which, um, in a dream, I think feel sometimes you only remember those bits and pieces. You remember, you know, weird just little like visions or snapshots. Uh, you maybe remember the details of a person's face, but but not much else about them or things like that. So, yeah. so I think they did a good job of representing what it might feel like to be in a dream yeah. uh, using you know the technology they had. Uh, Charles Beaumont he said a couple different things. Um, one he one he complimented them on um, he wrote the he wrote the teleplay for the the episode, mm-hmm. and he said that they uh, nothing was changed, not one line, not one word. So that that's one thing. But the other thing he said that the set was truly impressionistic, recalling the days of Caligari. Um, and I, I wanted you to watch Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Uh, you never did um, because you're an artist, and so I want you to see it, and I still okay. want you to see it. I'll watch All this right. movie. We'll, we'll exchange movies. <laughs> um, but uh, in Caligari, there, it's a very impressionistic uh, set. Um, set like there's very like sharp angle. It's ah. Uh, it it's silent. It's so great. It's such a good, such a good movie. Um, but those, those carnival scenes in that dream, 
they they stick out so much. There's a couple creepy parts. There's uh, like the clown. It looks like there's like clown heads floating before yeah. they go into the hall of horrors, right? Yep, exactly. it, it looks like they're floating, and I'd never noticed it before. I'm like, that's uh, that's really uh, off putting. Um, and then the other thing, when they're on the roller coaster, you see in a lot of these old movies where they're driving a car, right? And then there's yeah. the, then there's the background, and they're like. Uh, like oh okay they're you can like tell it's like a projection on the screen behind them yeah Yeah. Um, and it looks fake but I think that is to the benefit in this episode when they're on the roller coaster and you can tell it's like the back the background is that pre-recorded yeah yeah, exactly you know you can tell that they're there and there's something going on in the background that there's a disconnect there sure that makes it yeah. even more nightmarish and dreamlike that i think was really really that's a really effective. good point and really you think about him and because of his heart condition and things he's probably never been on a roller coaster yeah so this is maybe really his only way mentally that he can perceive like what it's like to be on one is maybe that that just projected image of maybe what he's seen in a film or something so yeah uh, but yeah that's that's really it's really cool um all right travis final thoughts what do you what do you think of this episode uh overall i mean i thought it was good i think the first time i watched it i was a little um a little less enthused about it but Mm -hmm. really when by the end the end is the real hook for me uh it ties everything together i was a little just kind of like not into the idea of oh this guy he's got a weird imagination and he's crazy because he's believes his visions and so he won't go to sleep and he's going to kill himself from exhaustion (laughs) all right whatever uh maybe he should have seen a psychiatrist a long time ago and actually listened to what he said (laughs) but then when you get to that end point and it's like oh everything from like the fifth minute to the end was all a dream within this office and 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 was his last dream really uh that puts that spin on the whole episode that really elevates everything for me. And then when you dig into all the different like layers and everything and really unpack that, uh, it really makes the episode a lot better for me. So it it definitely improves my overall rating for it. Would you say that this is an episode better watched multiple times? Yes. Okay. And, and, And the reason being, I, the first time when you watch it, you're, you're, you're kind of along for the ride and, 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 uh, appreciating it at face value Mm. but then when you know that twist at the end then you can kind of re-watch the scenes with you know within the dreams and things like that and kind of start to pick up on those little those little nods and things where they're saying you know where they have the 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 same line uh that the receptionist says within the funhouse things like that uh you appreciate it a little bit differently Mm. so yeah i'd say multiple viewings is beneficial excellent what 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 is your rating Uh, i'm gonna give this Give it a, give it a nine. Wow. Yeah. A, ni- and, a nine out of 150. Exactly. <laughs> Not my favorite episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Do we do point fives? Cause I'll give it an 8.5. Yeah. Yeah. We, 8. Can do, we, can, we can do, we can do fractional points. Okay. 8.375. <laughs> oh crap. With a line over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Repeating. Of course. Um, all right, cool. Thanks man. I appreciate that. Um, is there anything else you want to say? If you if you want to hawk any any of your wares, as I, as I um, like no, to say here. Uh, I mean, uh, you can hear both me and Brandon every week on Apathetic Enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, you can. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Apathusiast or Instagram Apathetic underscore Enthusiasm. Uh, 
uh, Facebook, Apathetic Enthusiasm Show. We're we're everywhere. So oh. just check us out. iTunes, Stitcher, d- download it up. Down download it up. That's download down, it up. Oh, down on the upside. Up up in the downs. <laughs> up up with the download. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Travis. Absolutely. And for the rest of you, if you want to hit me up about submitting for your approval, there are a few different ways you can do that. You can contact me at Twitter at S4YA underscore podcast or Gmail S4YA podcast at gmail.com or Instagram. I'm at S4YA underscore podcast. Yay. And that will do it for this show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Travis for walking 20 feet over to my house. Anytime. And recorded this. Until I move. And until next time, uh, boys and ghouls to steal from the Crypt Keeper, uh, we'll see you later. <laughs>